You're listening to Swipe East, Swipe West, where we dive into the dating differences from coast to coast. I'm your host, Ashley Davis. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Swipe East, Swipe West, the dating and culture podcast focusing on differences from coast to coast. I'm your host, Ashley, and you can find us on Instagram at Swipe East, Swipe West, or me on TikTok at Ashley Angora, A-S-H-L-E-Y-A-N-N-G-O-R-A. <laughs> Two N's. Sorry. Anyways, um, thank you all for coming back this week. If you're new here, welcome. If you're not, welcome back. I start off every episode with a life update, and I don't have too much going on dating-wise right now. I have been traveling a lot, going to music festivals, just trying to get out there, discover new artists, find new music. So that's been taking up a lot of my time. I've been pretty tired, but obviously it's been a lot of fun and been meeting a lot of people in the community there. I did go to Crossed Festival in San Diego a couple weeks ago, and met a guy and um, I am so deep in my single single girl area. If you follow me on social media, you've seen this already that instead of giving this man my phone number, I gave him my SoundCloud to listen (laughs) to my mixes. And I was like, you can find me on SoundCloud. Uh, He did not find me on SoundCloud. He did not follow me. But you know what? That's just sometimes how the uh, cookie crumbles and it is what it is. Um, other than that, I don't really think I have anything else riveting to share. I'm kind of off the dating apps again, just getting exhausted with those conversations. And I just have a lot going on now with this and my day job and the DJing stuff. So I've been really focusing on, on that and furthering my life in those ways, which again, if you've been following along, you kind of know that that's what I keep going that back to. If I find someone that will enhance my life, amazing. I just haven't haven't seemed to have found them yet. Anyways, that was my really quick recap because I really, like I said, don't have a ton going on at the moment. So with that, I'm going to just dive right into this week's episode. And I'm really, really excited about this episode. Obviously, I'm always excited about every episode. Love my guests. But this week, I think we dive a little bit deeper into some topics that I've lightly touched on in some past episodes, but haven't really like dug too deep into. And this week, um, I have Smutty Hussein on. Uh, she is a sexologist, and I was actually introduced to her via social media through a mutual friend um, that I met who started listening to my podcast, and he thought she'd be a great fit, and she was, or at least I would like to think so. I hope you all agree. And I'm super happy to have her on because um, you'll hear all about. What a sexologist does and like what that means. Um, I know that was new to me, but we really dive not, you know, super deep into sex, but I think the topic of sex and like hookup culture and what that means and how that differs from coast to coast and also just embracing sexuality and like sexual awakenings and just how people approach that and approach sex differently. Um, in different places. And that is something I definitely noticed when I moved to Los Angeles from the East Coast is that people do approach sex differently, at least from my personal experience. Obviously, everyone is different. I don't feel like people have a lot of sex out here, or at least um, when you're single, there seems to be like a lot more hoops you need to jump through to get to that point. Whereas at least from what I saw and with my friends in Philly, it was a lot more laissez-faire. I know there's some different communities where that might not be the case, but 
I noticed a huge difference with that. And I think that has to do with some of the culture here, which she talks about. We also get into some other conversations around sexuality with like different sexual awakenings, how we're taught about things in school, pornography, and just how to approach like dating and kind of throwing all the rules out the window. Um, and which is something I need to get better at myself. So I definitely learned a lot. Um, I really enjoyed um, this conversation and felt it was very refreshing to get this different perspective. So I hope that you all feel the same um, and take some things away from this episode like I did. Smutty is a New York transplant to LA. She also has a blog um, called Lonely in LA. Um, so definitely feel free to check that out. And um, in the info of the description of this episode is her Instagram if you'd like to reach out and potentially work with her as well. So with that, let's dive into it. I am so excited this week to have my guest Smutty with me. How are you this fine evening? Oh, I'm so happy to be here. I'm doing pretty well. I'm ready to talk about all things, differences between East and West Coast dating and get into some uh, more sexy subjects. Yes, that is something I'm excited to talk about too, because we haven't delved too much into that on my show yet. So I guess to kick it off, can you talk to me about um, what your your job, I guess, because I know you're a sexologist. Um, i haven't really been too familiar with that. So can you just talk a little bit about what that entails and, and what you do? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, the really kind of stuffy term to use is clinical sexologist. And all that means is I'm, I'm studied in the science of sex, particularly for me and the way that that shows up. Some people might call that a sex coach. There's lots of different words that people go by. Um, but I prefer sexual awakening specialists. That's kind of the area that I look at. It's the thing that I focus on. Um, and really what that means is, for example, there's a lot of things that kind of tend to happen in people's lives. They uh, grow through periods of feeling lost, maybe disconnected to themselves, maybe creatively blocked. Um, all the way to, you know, having trouble with orgasming, you know, sexual feelings, pleasure. And to me, the answer to that is really to have sexual awakenings. And when we go through those kinds of periods in our life, all the other stuff kind of opens up. And so that's really where I focus and help people kind of have some of some fun and bring some light and levity to that area of their life, which uh, ends up kind of shining the light on all the other areas. And how, I guess, like, how did you get into that field? And like, how, like, do people realize to come to come to you for help? Because I know, like, some of the things you just mentioned, like, it took me and sorry to my dad, if he's listening to this, but <laughs> it took me like many, many years before I, I could orgasm with someone. Um, so I think those are things that also are a little bit taboo and people are uncomfortable talking about, just especially with women um, in society. Mm -hmm. So just interested to kind of get your, your thoughts on that. Well, so this isn't a thing that I feel like I found. I feel like it found me. There's been lots of experiences in my life that A, were sexual awakenings for me and really transformed my life and uh, either healed things or solved problems that like, I didn't think that sex was actually the issue, if that makes sense. Like 
I wasn't looking at the problem being like, oh, it's my sex life or the way I'm connected to my body. That's the problem. But when I went through kind of coinciding sexual awakenings, realized like, oh, having this kind of experience actually helped me with my job or helped me with my family life or helped me with so many other things. Um, and actually, a, a good friend came to me several years ago to ask me to actually share with them all of my knowledge, all of the education that I had done around sex and sexuality and relationship, because really you can't parse that apart. Sex is a, a tool that we use in relationships to connect, to feel things, to have intimacy. So you can't really kind of parse those two things apart, even if you're talking about sex with yourself. It's still the relationship with yourself. Um, and so, yeah, a friend came to me several years ago. He was like, hey, I want you to be my coach. And I was like, mm, no, that's not really what I want to do. And he was like, yeah, and I'm going to give you money and you're <laughs> going to do this. And I was kind of like, well, all right. Um, and so from there, kind of like went on this journey of, of figuring out certifications and all of those things. Um, but really what's funny about sex and sexuality is like, uh, it's a constant learning. There's constantly more things So you can do a certification or you can go to school for something, but like the more that you're doing it, the more you learn. And how do people know that that's a thing that they need? I think what you said, which is like, eventually someone in the group of friends goes, guys, I've got a problem and I don't know how to solve it. And friends will kind of get together or someone kind of looks up on the internet, like how to solve this issue. And it's kind of like the thread of information gets to someone and then they start sharing with their friends. Because you're right, it's not a thing that's very widely talked about. Thankfully, it is becoming a little bit more popular, a little less taboo, or maybe even just like more fun for people to talk about. So there's like more uh, language. But yeah, it's, it's definitely still a thing that really needs a lot of support. Yeah. And I, I like what you said about relationships, because I think there's a lot of information swirling around just with different people's opinions and views on sex and views on sex and relationships, when to have sex in a relationship. Especially, and again, just speaking from a woman's perspective, there's so many different opinions on, oh, well, if you have sex on the first night, like they're going to lose interest. Or if you hold out too long, they're going to lose interest. Or it actually doesn't matter because you're put in a category, which I have, you know, my own thoughts on. So I'm interested mm -hmm. to hear, um, as you've worked with people, like, are those some things that come up with just kind of how they view sex, um, in, in an actual relationship with like the kind of hook hookup culture that we're in today? Or like, is that, you know, how do you navigate some of those issues in, in what you've been seeing? Yeah. The really interesting thing is like, Putting an opinion or like a judgment on any of these things is um, almost so futile because it really depends on the person's personal interest and their personal intentions and their personal goals. It is interesting because of the rise of more casual sex, which I'm totally a fan of. But here's the thing is if you really want to be in relationship with people and you want a long-term life partner whom you're monogamous with, right? And here we're putting a lot of things that say like, this is what I want. If that's you, if that's what you want, and the thing that you're doing is having a lot of superfluous like sexting conversations with people, the two of those intentions may not be adding up. And it really comes down to like, 
what's your energy going into all of those things with? Is it completely plausible that you meet someone and you have a sexting relationship and then that turns into a partnership? Absolutely. But if you're going into that interaction with, I don't care about this person and we're just having stupid, silly, fun sexting, that's really not setting up for your end goal. And so um, there's nothing wrong with sexting. There's nothing wrong with casual sex. There's nothing wrong for waiting 40 days until you have sex if you're dating someone, right? Whatever those silly rules are that you want to put in place, it really just needs to align with whatever it is that you actually want. And so when people come to me, that's usually the issue that they're having is what it is they actually want and making sure that their behavior actually backs that up. That makes a lot of sense because I feel like to your point, there are a lot of disconnects when you go into any form of whatever form of relationship it is with someone with where your mindset might be versus their mindset. And if you're going into it, just sexting and someone is going along with it and maybe they're thinking it's something else and you're not communicating about it, I think I can see where, you know, some mishaps might be misalignment, I guess might be happening. <laughs> yeah, definitely. and. Oftentimes that comes down to a worthiness issue. And so here you get underneath some of the things that people come to you with like, a, oh, I want to have better sex or better orgasms or what have you. But underneath it is usually like the things we feel about ourselves, our self-limiting beliefs, our blocks to things that you're not really thinking are part of the problem. Um, but yeah, usually if you know you want something and what you're doing is not aligning and you can't ask for that, that comes down to something around worth or what you believe you're allowed. Yeah. And that leads me to another question is when you have clients come to you or, or just from what you've learned, do you find that people's, um, I guess, like their own experience with their personal relationship with sex? So like their own, I guess, I don't know how I would say it other than like self sex or sex with themselves, like how that might relate back to it. Like if people aren't masturbating or things like that, how that might affect how they go into a sexual relationship in whatever capacity with someone else or how they feel about sex. Totally. One of the places that we start when a client comes to me is kind of going through their sexual history. Um, and this has nothing to do with like, uh, you know, trying to understand how many partners or anything like that, but kind of understanding the patterns that they might be playing out in their life. And one of the first patterns that we develop is how we interact with self. That's one of the first areas of exploration, of curiosity. When you're a little kid, your body is wired for pleasure and it just wants to feel everything and touch everything and lick things and put things in all the different holes. Um, and you're just trying to figure out what feels good and what doesn't. And so all of that exploration is actually part of, in our adulthood, what we bring into sexual and pleasurable scenarios. So we start kind of like looking there, seeing what any patterns might be. And oftentimes you'll see that pattern kind of continues into adulthood. So if someone can't break a pattern of how they have taught themselves to experience pleasure, it usually has something to do with their self first, and then they're bringing that into relationship with others. So usually that's where we'll start, um, specifically when people are coming to me as an individual. When people are coming as a couple, there's a little bit of a different scenario that kind of goes on there. That makes sense a lot. Cause I, and I feel like, um, to your point before, a lot of times 
we don't explore that, especially because like that's not, you know, you're not necessarily taught those right things in school other than this is how people procreate um, or some places just teach abstinence. Um, so it really is just kind of like learning with with your friends, to be honest. And like, I know like my friends, like some of my friends are a lot more exploratory, I guess, than like myself. So just trying to figure out like what works for you. Um, and if you don't have a partner, then you kind of have to figure that out on yourself. And that can be intimidating for a lot of people. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and there's all kinds of things that we've kind of developed to learn how as well, right? Like pornography happens to be a way that people um, find out a lot about sexual things when they're younger. And it's interesting, you know, I happen to be a big fan of porn. I don't think it's porn itself that's an issue. I think it's how we use it and how we interact with it. And um, that was kind of where actually my career in this field started is I ran a pop-up porn cinema to kind of teach people a different way of interacting with porn. Um, and it can be inspiration and it can teach us things and it can also teach us maybe the shadow side of things or things that aren't necessarily how we want to be interacting. The interesting thing about pornography is that it's one specific way of understanding sexuality. It's through a visual lens and, um, there's lots of different ways and lots of different blueprints that people actually engage with their sexuality but we're taught from one perspective a lot of our lives. And so one of the biggest detriments is, you know, for example, when you speak about astrology or Myers-Briggs or human design or what have you, right? There's all these different archetypes. Um, that's the same for sexuality. And actually a, a wonderful coach called Miss Jaya uh, developed something called the erotic blueprint. And that's basically sexuality archetype. And we grow up almost everyone believing that we're one because we're kind of all taught that way. Uh, but there's actually four different kinds. Um, and so being able to even have that knowledge and know that there's different ways that you can interact with yourself in terms of sexuality uh, is really important. We're just not taught any of that, right? You're, as you said, we have either abstinence only or like procreation. We're not taught anything about pleasure. That's very true. <laughs> um, and yeah, it is really kind of like learning by design. And I, that's interesting what you brought up about the pornography, because I hear so many mixed things about porn. Um, like you said, I think it's how you use it. And I know there's a lot of really negative, negative connotations with porn about, um, you know, people kind of viewing it and that's how they think they should be having sex because a lot of time that's just how they're exposed to it. And a lot of times as Many of us know that's not always exactly how things happen <laughs> in the be bedroom, but I do think it can also like tap into different type of fantasies or show you a different way to to try something. But if if you don't go into it with that type of mindset and just you know a, like maybe like a more negative like shadow type of mindset, I I can see where it can be like detrimental in a lot of ways, especially with a very like s sex driven personality. Yeah, absolutely. It's the same as like. You know, if diehard movies were the only movies you ever saw and you thought we were supposed to run around and like that was real life of like, you know, flying out of airplanes and like crashing cars <laughs> and like you thought Christmas was all about, you know, Bruce, uh, what's his name? Bruce Willis uh, yeah. <laughs> jumping out of a helicopter. Like you would think that's ridiculous, right? So the, the idea that like porn is supposed to be real is also a little bit silly. Yeah. 
I, I remember the first time I watched porn. It wasn't even until a few years ago. And it was like with this guy and he had me watch it. And I was just like, this is not it was like a threesome or something. And it just was not what I was expecting at all. And there was, mm -hmm. I thought, I guess I just thought it was going to be like more sexy and like mm -hmm. there would be like music or something. And it was just like very like raw, like overdone. And I, I just had, there was just like things dripping and I was like, turn it off. Like, I don't want to watch this anymore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean like kudos to that person for like being brave enough to want to share <laughs> that. Cause a lot of people, yeah. right. They keep that really to themselves and it's hard for people to, to share but that's the that's the really interesting thing and that all can also be where the archetype come in is knowing that like actually that could be really sexy to one person who has a specific archetype and to another person who has a different archetype something else has got to be sexy um so just being able to find and really like nurture those things is what's important and to just know that everybody is different and there's no right and there's no wrong yeah i need to look into those archetypes i had never heard heard of that before yeah, they're called the erotic blueprints and you can find them. I'm pretty sure on if you just Google Miss Jaya. Miss Jaya with a G, G-A. Uh, J-A-I-Y-A. J, okay. I'm going to do that after this conversation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let me know what you are. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so that is all, I think, a good baseline for everything that you do in some of your research. And um, I'm interested to know through your works, um, anything that you've noticed differentiation wise through the different coasts, because I know you're in LA right now, you were living in New York before. Um, I have my own opinions on like the dating and sex culture scene, but I'm interested to hear your experience. If you've seen any cultural differences as you've worked with different people um on those opposite coasts so interested to hear your thoughts yeah so one of the the most interesting things that happened when i got to la was i got here and i was like whoa everybody's in a couple this is the most bizarre thing that i've ever seen and what's interesting is like there are plenty of couples on the east coast and in new york city and I certainly had a particular view of New York City. I lived in Bushwick. I was definitely part of like the art scene, uh, Burning Man community, uh, people who go to sex parties, people are more polyamorous. But I just noticed when I got to LA that like everybody's in couples and everybody does things in couples. And um it just really seemed like the culture, even though I came from that particular scene in New York and had friends here that were also in what I would say, similar scenes here in LA, everything was just revolving around couples and couples in a much different way, um, more like lifetime living, nesting partner kind of couple scenario. And I say this with like a full smirk on my face because I am now in a very uh, committed nesting type of partner scenario. And so like, I totally see the difference from New York City to LA in that dating scenario. A lot more of the, the people who are my clients on the West Coast are actually more concerned with uh, finding their autonomy. So in relationships, 
And a big thing that happens is like, there's a constant struggle between your desire to connect because of your fear of abandonment and your desire to be autonomous because of your fear of being swallowed whole. And so like those two things are kind of constantly at push and pull. And because LA actually really like holds a committed relationship really well, the thing that people are seeking when they come to me is actually how to be more of an individual. Whereas in New York City, where people have a lot of autonomy and freedom, what people would come to me for is how to have more romance and connection in their relationship. So it's interesting how they kind of like play off of the opposition of each other. If you, if you see what I'm kind of like pulling up there. Yeah, that is interesting because that's been very similar to my experience as well. Um, I came from Philly. Philly was, to your point, like very similar. Like there's still relationships with people that date, but it's very more of um, a hookup culture. So a lot of people that are on their own um, and are struggling to kind of find romance and be able to like deeply connect. And I came to LA and I had the (laughs) the exact same reaction. Like, it's kind of funny because even like my ex-boyfriend and I broke up before I moved. And part of, part of when we broke up, he like in his head, he thought I was going to come to LA and like, it was going to be a similar vibe to the East coast where everyone's like single and like going out and like mixing and mingling. And I just like, did not have that at all. Um, and even the single people that I have been meeting and having, I guess I'll I'll call them flings with like, that's, they're a fling. Like it's not even like a one night stand or like a hookup. Like it has, like there has to be like a date involved. I'm saying has in quotes, but that's just like the vibe I get. Like it's, they're still trying to like date you, even if they don't want to date you, I guess, if that makes sense, just to even get to like that sex end point, which I just wasn't used to coming from Philly because it was just a lot more straightforward there. So it's almost like there's this codependence even with a one night stand, (laughs) at least with the people that I've been with. I know everyone has different experiences, but that has been mostly mine. So Mm -hmm. I totally see exactly what you're saying. So um, it's interesting that we both kind of have seen that um, through coming from the East Coast out here as well. Yeah. I remember when I first got here and I started going on dates and I would go on like my first date and my second date and the person still like hadn't even tried to kiss me. And I was like, what does nobody fuck out here? Like what's going on? Like I like is something wrong with me? And then I realized like it is very much part of the culture to to date. Like you don't you're not actually and what's interesting of what you're saying is like sometimes I think it's a little bit of bullshit. Um, where if you want to just be straightforward and say, this is actually about sex, let's have that conversation and have it be sex versus having to go on many dates to have the one thing and then have ghosting happen. Um, which is interesting. I think that's so much more of a conversation here on the West coast, because I think people aren't as upfront about the fact that this is what they want and they don't want anything else from this relationship. Whereas on the East coast, I think people say that pretty easily for better, for worse, right? There's no like right way or wrong way to be doing it. But because of in LA, there's a lot of like the spiritual community and sacredness around relationships and kind of things that seep into the dating culture here. 
people want to still kind of be proper and follow some kind of traditional thing around dating, but it's actually just kind of smoke and mirrors to get what they want. So sometimes that can feel a little bit in, uh, disingenuous, which sucks. Yeah. Um, I feel like I have had, I t- tell my friends, like one of the worst dating years with men in my life since I've moved here. And it's just because of exactly that, because I'm not even really like a huge relationship person. I'm very much like a casual dater. I don't like to go into things with set intentions. I just like to see where relationships go with each person just because like sometimes it might be a casual thing and that's fine. And sometimes it might be more serious. And I think as long as you're upfront about it, to your point, that's what's important. But I just feel like, um, yeah, that's been my problem is I'll hook up with someone and be like, okay, this is what it is. And then they'll act like they want something more. And then when I realize that's not what it is, it's just, it hurts a little bit more than, or like they'll say they want to date you, but they get so in your face. It's like love bomby that I'm like, you clearly don't like, this is kind of creeping me out type of situation. Whereas again, on the East coast, you kind of like knew what it was like to your point for better or for worse. Um, and if they did want to date you, like they made it a little, like when someone was taking me on dates on the East coast, I knew it was because they wanted to date me. They weren't trying to get laid. If they wanted to get laid, they did very clear things to make that apparent. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it, that's definitely been hard for me to navigate as someone that is more laid back and more casual. That's trying to clearly communicate. Um, and you're not always getting that back, um, for maybe some of the reasons that you described. Yeah, absolutely. One of the things, and and this is actually what I've been exploring in the blog that I write since I got to LA, I write a blog called Lonely in LA, is I think that the culture of being really spread out and some of the other elements of the way that this city is set up has people a little bit more lonely, especially after the pandemic, than some of the other major cities. And I think for that reason, people do a little bit more of the dating thing because the casual sex doesn't actually help with the fact that they're lonely and craving intimacy. Casual sex is very upfront about, you know, we are doing what we're doing now and these are the terms and it doesn't really necessarily mean anything more than that. Whereas dating, you get some of that emotional depth and some of the other things because the idea is the intention might go further. So there's, I think, some of that underneath there too, where people aren't necessarily just being real with themselves about being lonely. If you're lonely, great. Share that with the people that are around you. Hang out with your friends. Go on some dates and just admit to yourself that the thing that you want is some intimacy. But yeah, it gets a little bit muddy in there with the the having sex thing. The other issue is that often people uh, are putting a Band-Aid on loneliness by having sex. So their intention may be, let's go on some dates, let's get to know each other, then they're feeling comfortable, then they want to have sex. After they have sex, they realize something's still off because they're not actually getting to the root of the thing that's wrong. Yeah, I can definitely see that. (laughs) Um, The loneliness thing I also agree with, and that's something my friends and I talk about, um, that even though LA has millions of people, it's, I think, one of the most isolating cities I've ever been to. And it's to your point, like the distance, we're in cars all day. It's very different from New York where things are still, you know, spread out, but you have people on the streets all the time. You can go on the subway and it's a lot easier to access things. 
Um, and I also think uh, in New York, people are a little more real. And in LA, you do have a lot of that fakeness with some people in certain areas. And I will also say, I think part of that um, with the loneliness too is there's so much to do around the areas that when I first moved here, I had such a hard time making friends because even if I met someone in my area, like the next weekend they're in Temecula or then they're in Joshua Tree or they're in West Hollywood for the night and I'm in Long Beach. And so schedules are never lined up. So I think I agree. I think a lot of times, even with friends, I can get lonely. So then people maybe look for some sort of partner because there's just like different expectations with that than with a friend a lot Mm -hmm. of times. Um, Whereas I just pick up hobbies. I'm like, I'm just going to bury myself in an activity (laughs) that I can do by myself. Um, But not everyone always does that. Mm -hmm. When I first moved to LA, there was someone who said to me, because I was having this conversation a lot. um, I was experiencing so much loneliness when I got here. In New York, I had a lot of community, had a lot of really deep friendship. People tend, at least I see, to build friendships differently on this coast as well. Uh, a lot less of that deep intimacy, I think, comes from friendship and actually comes from relationship, which is another reason why I think couples form here. If it's, a, if it's harder to trust a lot of people, right, that fakeness and some of that other stuff, and then you just find that one person that you have a lot of intimacy with, you end up being really attached to them. And so I think that's another reason why couples tend to happen on this coast. But when I moved here and was experiencing just an overwhelming sense of loneliness and feel like I was looking around and just not finding that, I did the same thing, right? I started writing about it. And I was talking to someone who said to me, uh, the, this industry, Hollywood, dreams are made of the people who are in this city being lonely by themselves. And that just like really hit me in a particular way realizing that I think maybe a lot of the creativity, a lot of the larger than life things that come out of Hollywood happen to be because people are lonely. It's, it's funny because I tell people that since I moved here, like that's when I really started being creative and working on and finding like side like projects and passions of mine, because mm-hmm. even Bill, like being in Philly specifically, um, like Philly's a smaller city than New York. It's, it's still a similar vibe, but just on a smaller scale, I think, but like, and this is also on me, you know, I could choose to do other things and I didn't, but it's so much easier to get around and go out and meet people and talk to people that I was just out all the time. Mm-hmm. Like I was at happy hour. I was at my friend's house. I was going out on the weekends. Um, I was developing, either friendship relationships, like intimate relationships in whatever capacity with people. And that's how I spent my time. And it was very mm-hmm. difficult for me to like sit at home and be like, well, I really want to try writing tonight, or I really mm-hmm. want to work on this or figure out a project because I was just doing social things. And then once I moved here and I was like, well, like at first I didn't have friends. And then even when I made friends, like people aren't around all the time or they live across the city. So they might as well be in another state that I'm like, well, I've got to, got to do something with my time. So then I picked up like all these other things that I I just wouldn't have done in New York, honestly, just knowing my personality either like Mm -hmm. in Philly. So definitely agree with that sentiment. Yeah. The other really interesting thing is like so many of our lives changed after COVID that 
it's, it's so hard to parse out like, what is that? And what is actually the differences of a city? And I'll never be able to tell you because I only have one experience of moving from there to here during that time frame. But the more I've talked to people, the more I talk to my clients, LA seemed to have been that place beforehand. And it just kind of became more of that place afterwards. Yeah. I think also that is what drives more relationships is because people are like so busy that once they find like someone that they might connect with, they kind of just cling on to that. They could, or at least that's a theory I have. I have yet to find <laughs> that. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, my friends out here, like many of them, I think it also might depend on your area because I have friends that live in West Hollywood and they definitely uh-huh. go out and they have situations where, you know, they're still being taken on days, but it's very clear that the other person is just looking for something from them um, in a sexual uh-huh. capacity. But I, yeah, I still find that there's a lot of people really looking for like that relationship. They want it quick um, and they want it convenient. They don't want to drive <laughs> out to see mm-hmm. you, which is a whole nother can of worms. <laughs> yeah. Um, the thing that I actually started doing was like having more fun with romance. And I think that that's kind of the flip side to seeing all of this is that I don't think I really enjoyed a lot of creativity around the dates that I was doing, maybe necessarily the experiences I was having and the type of conversations that I was I was engaging in um, as much as I started to do here when I realized like, okay, this is not about the sex. This is about something else let me like play with a different side of who I am and and try to get to know some of these other aspects that maybe just weren't available to me. And so just really started kind of having fun with that and letting myself be a little bit more romantic and creative, letting myself kind of be things that I thought maybe were kind of outlandish. I was like, fuck it, I'm just going to go for it. Like, you know, at this point, we're just going to experiment. Um, so there's like that opportunity in there. If it's not really working necessarily the way you want it to work, then you can just say, fuck it. I'm going to do these things that like, I never thought I was going to do and see what kind of comes from it. Can you give any examples of some of the outlandish things that you were doing? (laughs) Uh, let's see. Um, I went on a date to the Scientology center. Oh, (laughs) Um, and that was, you know what, it was creepy and wild and like, so insane to see. And as someone who loves psychology and the way that all these things work, um, it was fascinating, but yeah, like, it's just go do wild shit, go do something that like, you really wouldn't think that you would do. I ended up going to the, um, Descanso gardens with someone and we thought that we could get in um, just at any time slot and they wouldn't let us. And then we ended up getting like a, a, like splitting a year membership together. So it was like fun. We didn't keep seeing each other after we like saw each other twice, but like every once in a while, you know, when I would go, I'd just be like, Hey, I'm using our membership again, just letting you know, in case you're here. So it was just like funny to do really wild, like, Hey, we may not see each other again, you know, like, let's just meet up in this really random spot or just like go for it and ask for really wild things that you want. Because if it's not working out in the way you, you want it to, like all the rules can go away and just like do whatever you think, you know? (laughs) Yeah, no, that's a good way to approach it because 
I think myself included, a lot of times people take things like so seriously, um, Mm -hmm. especially when they've had like really bad experiences and they don't think outside of the box. And I think that there's, especially after COVID, a lot of negative sentiment about dating and how to approach dating and how to approach sex from both from both men and women at least from mm-hmm. what I've been seeing like people don't know how to to do it anymore so I think that's good advice just to kind of go into it and just throw the rules out the window I guess <laughs> like don't worry about yeah. it too much yeah there really are no such thing as rules to be very honest around dating and I think that that's the biggest thing that we're shown when we move from one culture to another one is that like there is no right way to do it. And there might be a way that we are used to doing it that worked for us in the past. But if you're in a new place, that's your opportunity to kind of find your center amidst cultural rules. Because now you can see there's no such thing as like universal. But yeah, my, my number one dating advice is to always do something that you're going to have fun and enjoy yourself, whether or not the other person was there. So like, if you want to go to that restaurant that you've always been wanting to do or go do archery, but like, don't ever just go to a bar and have drinks. Like that's so boring. And if you're going (laughs) to spend your time doing something, you might as well do something that you really wanted to do and include another person in that experience. Yeah. And then what are your thoughts on like men or women asking people on dates, initiating sex? anything like that um i matter no i'm gonna like keep going with that rule like there is no <laughs> rules that's the only rule what only rule is that there are no rules um it, it kind of just depends on the the things that you you feel like or the values you have that govern your life um here i'm gonna get a little bit lae since moving <laughs> here i've become like really into human design um, do you know your human design? No, I don't. Okay. So that's another one. You'll look up the erotic <laughs> blueprint and your human design. Um, but I have really started to enjoy, uh, the system structure of human design. And that kind of like gives you a little bit of instruction on to like how move, how to move through your life easiest based on your archetype. So if your values align with something like, and it could literally be anything, it could be your astrology, it could be human design, it could be your Myers-Briggs, it could be your blueprint. If that dictates to you that, you know, here's the best way for you to go about dating and you find that system to support you, go for it, right? It's all about the values and the systems that you allow to govern your life. But when it really keeps you from doing something that you really want to do, for example, if you, I know the more traditional sense is like men ask women out on dates, bullshit. I have never followed that. (laughs) I have never done that. Um, Same with like never have sex on the first date. Also bullshit. I've had long four and a half year relationships while after I had sex with someone on the first date. So I'll be the first to kind of stand up and be like, none of those those rules actually matter. And you should really just follow truthfully what's in your heart and what's in your alignment. Again, going back to that conversation around intention, you know, if, if you're desiring a long-term relationship and then you talk to someone because you're feeling like you really need someone to pay you attention, if that intention doesn't really line up, you may not end up in the right place. 
could you snag that person and like have them pay attention to you and then get in a relationship? Sure. But if it had that energy in the beginning of like neediness, that energy is probably going to carry on throughout. So that's the kind of stuff that you want to pay attention to, not any of the like higher cultural rules about any of that stuff. Yeah, um, I love that you said all that because the reason I'm asking is you just hear and you see all of those things around like masculine and feminine energy. If a woman's, <laughs> she made a face. Um, if a woman's asking out a man, then like he's in the feminine, she's in the masculine, like who you're attracting. And like a term, or I guess a phrase I despise that I hear everywhere is like, if he wanted to, he would. And I think that's very like, black and white, um, and can create a lot of issues and also can screw with your mind, personal opinion. So that's why I was asking you, because I do think in, in dating and relationships and sex, like there are honestly just these made up rules and like, people are just expecting you to follow them. And at like the first sign of someone straying from a rule or not meeting the expectation of a rule, they're, they're so quick to just dismiss the other person, especially with dating apps and like the access we have to so many people they're like oh well she was weird that one night and uh goodbye or she texted me first two times like who knows maybe guys don't think that way but like those are just things that like (laughs) go through people's heads you know um so I I I think if people to your point just kind of had more fun and stopped worrying about it even if like that you're with someone that actually cared I think that's stupid and two then you're just going to have enjoy it more and stop stressing and putting out the negative energy from your stress myself included uh with dating and sex yeah the the whole masculine uh feminine energy thing is a really interesting concept to play with and it's really popular in Los Angeles I have a lot of like uh, just parsing through that I've tried to do. It holds a lot of weird old traditional values, but it's supposed to be spiritual. And there's just a lot of stuff that gets really twisted within it. The truth is about dating, it is the biggest journey you have into being the truest sense of yourself. For some people, the truest sense of themselves might align with the more traditional masculine, feminine roles. But for most people, that's not true. For most people, we are really complicated. We have all kinds of things that make us actually the uniqueness that we are. And your journey inwards to find that is the most important thing. If you stop on those outward layers of like what someone else is dictating that you are supposed to be, you are missing so much of the vibrancy and the kaleidoscope that you yourself are. And so um, a lot of these things might be maybe good places to start for people. I've had a lot of conversations that it's actually helped people. And that's great. If it's supported you, that's great. But just I, I, I urge people to not stop there. It might be an aspect of the puzzle. It might be a great thing to learn about. It could be a great concept to just understand. But we're so much more than any of those things can really dictate. I think that's um, good to share because I know like myself, like I'm, I consider myself a very like masculine person and just in how I carry myself um, in the workplace, 
kind of have to be <laughs> in the, these days. So a lot of times that's not well received with some people, but I also think you shouldn't have to change how you come off to people because of how someone may or may not like how they perceive you, I guess, if that makes sense. So I think those things floating around to your point can be helpful, but um, as long as people don't read into it too much when they see all the stuff on TikTok, I guess, floating around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The point is to be more you, not more whatever someone else thinks that you're supposed to be, and especially not someone on Instagram that you don't know. Yeah. Do you have anything else that you want to talk about or share? I think some of the, some of just to wrap up, you know, a lot of these things that we've talked about um, and, and something that I think is really important, especially for people in LA to know, because I've overheard so many conversations at coffee shops and brunch tables of people talking about and lamenting about their dating life in Los Angeles. And uh, one of the things that I just want to spread the knowledge about is community and finding the community that actually really gets you into the flow of people who want to do and are doing the same things that you're doing. So that you get away from depending on this idea of needing that one person to really fill everything. And this may be my kind of polyamorous view of looking at the world. Um, but the thing that I think we're all really craving is intimacy. And we can get that in so many more ways than just having sex and just dating. And so, yeah, that's one of the things that I would really just like to press to everybody is that there's so many ways to get that intimacy. And uh, if if you're curious about it, I think that finding a, a community who aligns with your views on sex, um, hopefully they're more liberated and more open. But if you are curious about kink, Go find a kink community to interact with. If you're curious about Tantra, go find a Tantra community to interact with. Um, I think aligning your community with your, your sexual values gives you the intimacy in the same place because people understand that sex and intimacy are different because sex is actually something easily and widely talked about. So that would be just my you know, two cents of advice um, if people are kind of um, experiencing some of the things that, that we talked about, the loneliness, the, the feeling stuck, um, the desire for that intimacy. Uh, my biggest suggestion is always finding a sex positive community that you align with. Yeah, I think that's, that's good advice. Um, so that way also you're not projecting your loneliness on to another person um, as well, but can still tap into and explore those other things that you might be curious about. Precisely. Well, thank you so much for joining me this week. I know I learned a lot and I have some Googling that I need to do <laughs> after this conversation, um, but appreciate you coming on and for the conversation. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. And I'm so, so excited to see how this kind of just disseminates out. Hopefully we have a lot less lonely people over here. Yes. hundred percent.